This is WCNY's The Capitol Press Room, and we're going to bring you an excerpt from this week's episode of Dispatches from Planet Albany, a WCNY podcast examining power and politics in state government. On this episode, we checked in with Rebecca Garrard, Deputy Executive Director at Citizen Action of New York, a progressive advocacy group, as well as Loren Amore, a vice president with Berlin Rosen, a left-leaning communications firm. So I want to start our substantive portion of this conversation by looking back at, at 2023 and specifically highlighting any winners from Planet Albany. Rebecca, do you have a person, cause, or group that you think was particularly successful or could be considered a winner from last year? I think the winners in 2023 were the ultra-wealthy. And I say that for, for two reasons, right? One is last year, the corporate tax was expiring, was sunsetting, there was an opportunity to expand it and there was an opportunity to enact more progressive revenues. And what ended up happening during session was that an extension of the already existing policy, which was insufficient, was enacted and no other progressive revenue raisers were were put forward. We really want to look at data that shows that at a time when some New Yorkers are suffering. Who's suffering is definitely not the ultra wealthy, right? That population has grown per the New York Times article in New York, while the New Yorkers who have left because of a lack of, of ability to survive or thrive or sustain are, are working class or low income New Yorkers. And I think there's a direct correlation, which is why they're also winners with the amount of donations that our governor takes from wealthy special interests. And so I think we see that power exerted through their ability to, to fundraise and affect policy that is passed. Loren, who was your big winner from 2023? The big winner to me was this emerging coalition in state government of progressives and leftists, mostly from New York City and upstate and Hudson Valley economic populists, um, who could be a moderate on other, on other issues, but tend to be very supportive of issues where organized labor is supportive as well. I think you saw this coalition play out uh, in a real meaningful way um, in the state Senate's rejection of Judge Henry LaSalle for Chief Justice of the Court of Appeals. Um, he was opposed by progressive advocates and labor unions alike. And I think that created a dynamic that made it almost impossible for the nomination to go through. Um, I think you saw this in getting build public renewables into the state budget, which was a, a policy issue that's going to allow New York, uh, the New York Power Authority to develop clean energy with labor protections and, and kind of bringing climate activists and labor together was really powerful. Um, and I think you saw it in, you know, continuing to increase the minimum wage, which I know didn't go as far as, as labor and other advocates wanted, but um, is, you know, being increased again. So I think that coalition of progressives and labor populists in the Democratic Party um, if they're together, uh, a lot of things are possible in Albany. And if they're not, uh, as was the case on, on housing, for example, it's very hard to get anything done in Albany. I do think the LaSalle situation was an exciting one, but that was the end of 2022. So it doesn't fall sort of under the, the 2023 bucket. Um, well, he, he was officially killed, though, in 2023. He was yeah. put out of his misery in 2023. Very early, very early. I'm looking at the year, not not in the first you know, 15 to 30 days of looking at the year over a 12 month period. Um, and I, I do think I actually agree with Loren though, that the coalition between and the alignment between labor and progressives 
was a good thing that came out of 2023. And I think it's remained and it's grown and I expect it to be, to be extremely relevant to 2024. So I, I do think that was, was a real positive out of last year. So as host, I'm going to identify uh, three uh, big winners from uh, 2023. And to me, they are as follows. One, uh, judges all over New York because they got approval for a pay raise, uh, one that they haven't been able to secure in a previous go around of a judicial commission. Uh, Second, we had the public finance advocates, the people who are the true believers in this uh, form of campaign finance and matching small donations, got uh, the governor to veto a proposal that the incumbent Democrats uh, were looking to push forward to basically, you know, strengthen their advantage in the current system. And then also the proponents of clean slate, because maybe I'm cynical or just out of touch, but I thought the governor for sure was going to veto that bill uh, or was at the very least going to neuter it uh, or delay the implementation date until the, I don't know, 2045 election cycle. What do you guys think about those? Do either of those stand out, Loren? I think Clean Slate has maybe even been under uh, underrated as an enormous uh, victory for people with, with criminal convictions, but also just for New York overall um, in 2023. I think this is a move that kind of going back to our earlier theme brought together a really broad coalition of both uh, criminal justice reform advocates but also um you know the business community moderates progressives around new york state you know there were there was like some tenuous support from some elements of law enforcement although you know probably not enough um but this is a new law that i think um will be not only, you know, it's not only the right thing to do to give people uh, the opportunity to thrive and succeed in life after they've paid their debt to society, so to speak, or, or completed their sentence and are no longer, you know, should no longer be punished for a crime or for a, a for a crime or an action that they committed that they've already you know made amends for, but also is the right thing to do for New York State in terms of giving people access to jobs, spurring economic development, removing barriers to employment, especially as Rebecca noted, we have a massive affordability crisis in this state and we need to do everything we can to get people connected to economic opportunity um, in order to keep people living here. Well, Rebecca, Loren did a pretty good pivot to the underreported story of 2023. So is there anything else from your perspective that stands out as uh, something that happened in Albany or maybe didn't happen that you feel like uh, didn't get enough attention in 2023? Or I guess conversely, maybe something that was an overblown narrative in in 2023, either by myself or or my colleagues at the Capitol? Never you, David. Never you. I, I think I have one of each. I think underreported, and this is something Citizen Action cares deeply about, but I would say perhaps underreported was the No Slavery in New York uh, Act. That didn't get done? It it passed the Senate, and it was on the calendar for a floor vote in the Assembly. And it's the strongest version of it that exists anywhere in the country. It went from being a piece of legislation that had that was on life support, if I'm being totally honest, to to going as far as it did. And so I I think that was not reported enough. It's extremely important, both in making a moral statement on the fact that slavery should not exist in this state. And that includes everyone not not um, accepting the exclusion for people who've been convicted of a crime as per the 13th Amendment, but also in naming that forced labor in prisons is both inhumane and a a real um, intentional system 
that extracts free labor from black and brown communities and and prevents fair economic opportunities um, for for those who are who are not incarcerated and and that is a self-feeding system. So I'm excited to see where that goes in 2024. I think not necessarily overreported, well definitely overreported, but also I want to say misreported was housing during last year. It got a ton of attention, but I also felt that the reporting on it was often off in terms of what was happening at any given moment. And, you know, media drives in many ways, narrative and and decision-making. And so, you know, I think it's important for media to be responsible, to be accurate in reporting what's actually going on in any given moment. And so I think there were, there were many moments where stories were created just to have a story where it didn't reflect the moment um, and the place, right, that was occurring in Albany. What's an example yeah. of that? I mean, there were moments when it was being reported that Good Cause was dead. And the fact was that at those moments, Good Cause was absolutely not dead. It was it was very live and it oh, was I very much being discussed and negotiated. And then there were moments conversely where, you know, things were reported about a package and an agreement that was on the table that were not accurate at all. So in, in terms of what I have access to, um, but I, I think it's unhelpful when reports come out that are not fact-based and create a sort of hysteria that that really impedes um, good policy being moved. So so I'm hopeful we, we won't have the same problem this year, though I, I fear we will. Well, what about the idea, though, that maybe good cause eviction was getting too much ink in 2023? Because when I think about the dynamics in the Senate and Assembly, it's one thing for uh, the one house budgets to throw a feint toward uh, good cause eviction principles and ideology. It's another thing for those senators and assembly members to actually line up behind it. And I think those one house budgets were given way too much credence. I think that there were a lot of members who were willing to hide uh, behind that language and never would have actually supported it. So maybe could that have been the overreported uh, story potentially, Rebecca? I think the underreported story is that both conferences had a robust enough support for good cause that it was quite clear that a housing package was not going to be viable to pass if it did not include a version of good cause. And so the reporting continued to sort of perpetrate the idea, perpetuate the idea that good cause was dead and it, it wasn't on the table. And the reality is it was the defining issue that influenced the other policies in terms of whether they moved forward or whether they didn't, obviously including the mandatory uh, expansion of, of zoning and development, but, but it was never not a deal breaker in discussions around a housing package. And to catch the entire conversation for this week's edition of Dispatches from Planet Albany, check out capitalpressroom.org or download the show wherever you get your favorite podcasts.
Capitol Press Room, a production of WCNY Connected, Syracuse.